Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think it's possible to overstate the extent to which the music one listens to actually has an effect on the music you write. You could take some portions of the song and be like, hey, this could remind me of this certain situation or this situation. That's when an artist can stay true to themselves with being honest with their lyrics. I feel like that's my favorite part of songwriting is being able to look back and really understand how I was feeling and you know what my perspective was on different events in my life. Hey everybody, what's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I'll be your host and lovely guide. The song you currently hear in the background is from a Miss Sarah Martin, who I actually met working some gigs for my side job, and let me tell you, she is something really special. We got to talk about everything from her upcoming road trip to how she got her start in Lakeville, Mass. So just take a listen for yourself and enjoy the ride. I have a very special guest on the podcast today. Miss Sarah Martin is with us. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you, David? I'm good. Thank you. I've been having a lot going on today, so I'm getting my talking juices flowing. So I'm super <laughs> excited for this. Nice. I just got my water, so I'm ready to go. All right. We can go for a while. We're not going to go all day, but we're going to go for a decent amount of time. Okay. Sounds good. I think I want to start by saying I know Sarah because I've worked a couple gigs where you've performed at live, and it just like blows me away. Your live performances, like it's such an interesting dynamic when you meet an artist first like live in person and then listen to their stuff like recorded songs because I feel like it's usually the other way around but I feel like for you like you know and I listened to some of your songs before we got on this call and I was like she sounds so much better live and I really hope that's a compliment (laughs) yes okay so I actually feel the same like every time I tell people to go listen to my music I'm like go listen to my music but then also I'm like Ah, but I sound like I really I agree with you. I think I sound better live in basically every scenario. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, I think something else, too, we kind of talked about this last time I saw you was playing like the more local venues as opposed to like the cities like Boston, because you come from you're from like central or like somewhere more rural in Massachusetts, right? Yeah. Lakeville. Right. So like working in that scene, how do you like it better with like, you know, the more local scene and where people kind of know you a little bit more versus somewhere like Boston, where you've obviously performed before? 
So actually, I just had, I don't have a lot of hometown shows because there's really not a ton of places for me to play around here. Mm -hmm. um, but they just had a Lakeville Arts Festival that I played last night. And I was super nervous going there because it is my hometown. And I'm like, is anybody going to show up to this thing? <laughs> and I get there and there's just like so much support and just like a ton of people there. And I just really, really appreciate it. So I think it's one of those things where when I play in Boston, it's like it's their crowd, mm -hmm. you know. So obviously I'm still giving it my all and everything. But there's something really special about being able to play in my hometown and really see all that hometown support. And like people I used to go to school with and just like adults and even like younger kids are like looking up to me i met with a girl scout troop yesterday before i went on Aww. and they just thought i was the coolest thing since sliced bread and it was just it was just so nice mm -hmm. is it and that must mean a lot to you like as a performer coming from that community to have that kind of support like i imagine that probably carries you throughout like so many like other things yeah i mean i just feel like there's something about coming back to your hometown and having that hometown support that you're just like, okay, the people that know me and love me are on my side. They're in my corner and like, we're doing, we're doing good. You know what right. I mean? So no matter what else happens, I'm like, we're doing good. Foundationally, we're solid. Right. Yeah. You always have that structure to go back to, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of like kind of moving around and stuff, like I think you're going on one soon. So I want to talk about this. You have a couple trips that you do. I think you did one like last year too. And you're also, remind me if they're the same thing, but you have one in Nashville and then you do one that's like kind of like an angel's road trip or something. Are those the same or are they separate? Yeah. So what's the Nashville one? Or is it just like me going to Nashville? Cause I can't think Yeah, so. I was going to say, I think just you going to Nashville. It's you, so. Yeah. So I lived in Nashville for six years. Um, it was a great experience. I learned a ton in a very short amount of time. Um, but there's really not a ton of money to be made in Nashville, at least that I found. I don't want to speak for everyone because I'm sure someone's finding their niche there. Mm -hmm. But um, I just find financially I can make a lot more money in Massachusetts. So I definitely miss my friends in Nashville. So I like go back to Nashville to visit them. Maybe I'll play like one show at the row or something. But that's about it for the Nashville. Unless I record, maybe I'll go back there and record. But um, the National Angels thing... So last year, I got to volunteer at 16 of their 22 chapters. Mm -hmm. um, I went on the road for 81 days. It was just kind of like a solo road trip to discover what makes me happy besides music. Um, because I think as musicians, especially if we've been doing this our whole lives, it's kind of like, this is who we are. Mm -hmm. Like we are a musician. Right. And I kind of just got to the point in my life where I was like, okay, well, what if I wasn't? you know, who would I be? Right. What would I like to do? Like, you know, what would represent me? I'm just like, I have no idea. If I woke up tomorrow and I, God forbid I couldn't sing, no idea who I would be. So last year, um, I just kind of made it a point. I was like, you know, we're going to go on this road trip. We're going to go by ourselves. We're going to learn a ton of things. And that's what I did. And so this year we're doing it again. Um, it's only going to be 61 days this year. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I think it's going to be like five I'll end up going to because there's a ton of the chapters in te in Texas. So mm -hmm. I won't be going to those. But um, so I'll still do five this year. 
uh, just supporting them, and I'm kind of promoting it on my website, so maybe we'll get some more donations for them. Yeah. But. So how does it work? Do you like play for people like on this little trip or was it like, what's kind of like the basis of it? So last year, the only times I played was if I, if I wanted to busk and make <laughs> some um, extra money for those people that don't know what busking is, you just basically bring out your guitar, open up your guitar case, play, people throw dollar bills. Sometimes they offer you half eaten macaroni and cheese and muffins. <laughs> It's not a bad payment, but not the greatest. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm I'm not homeless, but thank you. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. Um, but yeah, and then there were a couple times where I did play for the National Angels just for like fundraisers, for like awareness, um, and just like for some of the families and stuff. But this year, I am sleeping in my Prius instead of getting hotels. I'm so oh. excited about it. <laughs> I hope your Prius is comfortable. It sounds like yes. it. <laughs> yes. So I've already like, I've slept in it once out in New York a couple weeks ago, put the seats down. I've got a, um, air pad. I've got my sleeping bag. It's very comfortable. I'm very <laughs> excited. I spent like $8,000 last year on Oh, jeez. And I was like, I want to do this every year and I'm not spending $8,000 <laughs> every year. I like didn't really plan last year. I just had enough money in the bank account where I wasn't worried about it. And then when I did the math, I was like, dear Lord, we're not doing that every year. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I don't have room for the sound equipment this year. So um, in maybe in some scenario, people will be able to get the sound equipment for me. And um, I'm still bringing my guitar. So we'll figure that out. But mm -hmm. it's more of just like a personal growth trip than anything else. So that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. How do you think? And like it's. I want to say it's a little ironic because you said it's kind of to get you away from music to realize who you would be without it. But how has that kind of journey helped you with your music? Like, has it helped you write more? Has it helped you like think of more ideas? So I think personally, it's just like given me a more of an appreciation for myself. Because before I just saw myself as the musician. Mm hmm. And last year, like going through this whole trip and, you know, not all of it was fun. There was there was a time I got lost up in Yosemite in like a mountain and it was like it ended up being like a horse trail. It was ridiculous. The trail <laughs> there was like shrubs, little, little tiny shrubs in the middle of the road that I was trying to get my Prius through. Oh, and no. my tire ended up blowing. I had to change it on the side of the mountain. It was it was like the one moment in my road trip where I was like, Dear God, I might actually be in trouble right now. But, you know, I figured it out. Like, I figured out how to, like, calm myself down. I was like, we're going to figure this out. It's going to be fine. We're going to get off this mountain. And we did. And I just feel like I just gained such an appreciation for, like, how badass I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think people, people like, take the time to discover that or give themselves credit when they figure it out. And I think I really just realized like all that I'm actually capable of that. Like, even if music did go away tomorrow, like I would be able to figure out anything I set my mind to. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's really cool. And like the keyword I love that you just used there was badass because watching you perform, that is the energy you give off. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just like unreal. Like people need to listen to Sarah Martin, like I'm such an advocate for her, like oh your voice God. and like everything, your presence is so good. Like, your set list too are really really awesome i like how you merge like some songs like i can't remember like exactly which ones but like you did a couple when i saw you 
um, and your originals too, which I want to talk a little bit about. Um, one that like you've done a couple times and I've seen you is Muddy Boots, which is like just so clever, like talking about, like I'll have you talk about it more, but like the concept of like you always say, you know, girls that can get dressed up, but also aren't afraid to like get dirty. Like I want to know a little bit more about how that song like came to be. Yeah, so I... My sister and I, we grew up in like a neighborhood full of boys. There were three other girls down the road that we were friends with as well, but it was just pride predominantly males. <laughs> and so we just kind of like, and we had an older brother. So we just kind of grew up as like tomboys and everything. But I also really like to do my makeup and, or, you know, the thought of doing my makeup <laughs> and playing dress up and all those things when I was a kid. And I think that like there was just a point in my life that I discovered that you could do both mm -hmm. like you didn't have to be like one or the other like you could be the girl that looks good when she goes out at night but also is like down in the dirt with the boys during the day and so I just kind of um came up with this idea I had these this pair of cowboy boots that I bought the first time I went to Nashville and um I'd worn them for two years. I'd gotten them resold twice. And finally I went back and bought the same pair again. And I had like had them right next to one another. <laughs> and like, so they were just like brand new boots, you know? And then like these old boots that my cousin so lovingly said, it looked like my big toe was sticking out of them. Because <laughs> like the leather had rubbed off of the one spot. Right. So like, I just like, that's kind of like where the whole idea kind of came together was just like looking at those new shiny boots and then the ones that were like you've been through some stuff like, <laughs> it's getting there yeah and like, so that's like where the muddy boots came to be that's so awesome i love that it hits well too with the audience like i said at some of your gigs i think people really identify with that it's a cool concept yeah i I feel like when I when I first came out with it, like I knew people would like it, but I don't think I realized people would like it as much as they do. Mm -hmm. so I'm just like, I think I'm, I'm more happy that a lot more people can relate to it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Something else to like relatability and things like that. Do you have like certain artists that you look up to like that have been your biggest influences in terms of like relatability or songwriting or performance? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I grew up listening to like a ton of local artists. Like I got my start because local artists were like, hey, you want to get up on the mic at my show? You know, so like I looked up to those people, um, you know, as far as like the people I grew up listening to, like the Beatles, the Beach Boys, I really like them. Um, but yeah, like the the local artists were like the people I looked up to when I was younger. So it wasn't so much like the people that were big and famous, because honestly, I'm not really a names person. <laughs> I don't know the names of too many musicians. I feel like that's changed a little bit being in Nashville because you're just like around it 24-7 and you can't not know names. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, back then I really was just like so engrossed in like the local scene and all the musicians that were older than me just like giving me a shot at their shows and letting me get up and stuff. But I mean, um, I really like, I like Miranda Lambert. I, I think she's got a really cool voice. I like her songs. Um, Lori McKenna, she's actually mm -hmm. local from Stoughton. Cool. Love her lyrics, love her voice. I also love her presence on stage, which is like kind of, so I find myself awkward on stage. <laughs> 
just not how I see it, but sure. <laughs> which, which is so funny because like, that's how, what I've told people. And they're like, no, you are not. And I'm like, okay, well, great. Like at least my awkward personality comes off well to other people. <laughs> um, but I had seen Lori McKenna play with Brandy Carlisle, who I also love mm-hmm. um, at the Ryman in Nashville once. And she, like, I felt like her stage presence was kind of like mine, just like a real person telling real life stories she didn't seem like this like star that was like on a pedestal. She just seemed like some like even though there were a ton of people in the crowd, it seemed like you could also be having a one on one conversation with her in your living room. Mm-hmm. And like, I I like also like aspire to have like put out those vibes because I want everything to be like kind of personal. You know, I don't ever want to be like this person that people are putting on a pedestal. Like I want to be. Sarah Martin, the girl from Lakeville, you know, mm-hmm. who's been, who sang into a hairbrush before anything else. <laughs> like, I don't want people to look at me and be like, oh, she just got there. Mm-hmm. I want people to like be realistic and, and know all the steps so that they know that they can get there too. Right. And like growing up in that local scene must have been super fundamental for that. Cause I think that's like where it really starts for you, it seems to have that immediate support group. Cause a lot of times, like you said, like, artists and aspiring musicians can look up to people that are bigger but you don't have that direct contact with them so for you that must have been like huge to have people that you could just turn to in your neighborhood to talk to or to get advice or to like help hone your craft like that must be like super super awesome yeah and and I feel like that's kind of where I come from when because I I know that they're fortunately I haven't met them really um, I just want to preface that, but I know there are musicians out there that are like so fearful of like someone taking their spot mm. that they're afraid to help somebody else where right. me, I'm like, there's enough spots for everyone. Mm-hmm. Your spot, you do your thing in your spot. I do my thing in my spot. Who cares if people are coming over and like, you know, liking what you do and liking what I do. Like I feel like there's room for everyone Mm -hmm. and I want to help as many people as I can like be able to do what they love and like if musician if being a musician is is that thing like I'll give them all the information I have to give and whatever they want to do with it after that whether they're grateful for it and they like pass it on to somebody else or they hoard it that's not my business my job is to just pass it along right We need more people like that, honestly, like, especially in this industry, the music industry, because it's so competitive. Like you said, there are people that are afraid of somebody taking their spot. But I feel like that comes from pressure from like record labels and like executives and fans and whatnot. Like, but you're right, like there really is room for everyone. I think it just matters on finding like your niche and finding that even like no matter how small, like finding that one group of people that just really resonate with you and your music is like all you need, really. And then you just ride that wave. Well, I think part of the problem is, too, that people are getting pressured by what they see, like what the perception is of who they should be. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're not actually being themselves. And that's why they're worried about somebody else also taking that. You know what I mean? Because, okay, yeah, if there's 10 people that are doing the exact same thing because that's what they've been told to do, then sure, maybe there's only one one slot for, for you guys. But, like, if everyone fundamentally figures out, like, 
who they are, like what they want to represent in their music, how they want to interact with their crowd. All those things are like vastly different. So it would be crazy to think that there weren't multiple spots. Mm-hmm. I think it's like when people are too involved in what people above them are telling them, which is one of those other things that I kind of discovered is like, sometimes I just need to depend on what I think. Right. You know, I don't always need to be chasing after a label. I don't always need to be doing what people say. Like, honestly, when I moved back from Nashville, that was one of the biggest things I struggled with was like, oh, people say you have to be in Nashville. But here I am back in Massachusetts making more money than I ever did in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't have to do what people are telling you. And honestly, I think a lot of the times when you continuously do things that other people are telling you that are disingenuous to who you actually are, all it's doing is holding you back. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Wow. Drop the mic <laughs> on that one, Sarah Martin. <laughs> that's just, I'm like in awe. Like, that's just so... Wow, I think we all need to go on the self-reflecting road trip that you've gone on. Yes, I'm just saying, it's very good for you. <laughs> just say, it seems like it's really helped you think. And like, I've traveled alone before. Like, I've done some, I haven't done like a trip like that. But God, like you need those moments to just do what you just did. Like, that's, yeah, like I, you got it all figured out. You don't need <laughs> any of us. She's she's fine, everyone. Sarah Martin's on her way. Like, <laughs> well something that i was gonna say which um may or may not have helped like you can be the answer but like how has the bull like helped you with getting your music out there because obviously jessica hosting the events and playing your songs on sunday nights i believe like the bull has probably been a huge part for helping you kind of reestablish yourself back in mass yeah so it is really cool like when people are like oh i heard you on the radio and stuff because I am like so grateful for you guys because the thing is like as much as you don't want to care about what other people think, it is like perception is key, Mm -hmm. you know? So if people are hearing my song on the radio, it could be a good song before it got played on the radio, but after it gets played on the radio, people are like, whoa, (laughs) it's on the radio now. (laughs) So it's like, I feel like, I don't know, it's like some kind of like street cred, you know what I mean? (laughs) That, like, my music is on the radio. That's the thing that kind of kills me about the whole music business is, like, you know, there are people that are working their whole lives. And, you know, maybe, obviously, they grow as musicians. But there's, like, a point where they're just, like, a super solid musician and nobody knows about them. Mm -hmm. And then, like, in a blink of an eye, lightning in a bottle can happen. And now everyone knows about them. And they're, like, they're such a great musician. And they're, like, they were a great musician before. (laughs) Oh my God. But, yeah. but like you do, you need people to like vouch for your music, like the bull, you know? And, and I'm so appreciative of people that are, are willing to do that for independent artists. Mm-hmm. Like you guys are starting like the trend, you know what I mean? Right. Like you guys are like the first people to like vouch and be like, no, like her music's good. Right. So I just like appreciate you guys so much for doing that because as an independent artist, we don't get a lot of opportunities like that. Mm -hmm. so it does really help right yeah because it's like I follow a couple artists that I'm really into that are also independent you know some of them previously with labels some of them never like it's hard like it really is hard as an independent artist to pay for things you know like tour merch or to pay for like music videos or like there's so many things that you don't realize a label or people will cover until you're in like you're an independent artist and you're like I gotta budget my money like do yeah. I have enough money to like 
pay for this trip or to go here like it's insane so it's like like you said whatever help we as like larger media can give independent artists it clearly does help (laughs) it's huge yeah Yeah. like no i mean it is it's literally huge that that you guys can can help independent artists because otherwise i mean we're just waiting (laughs) we're just waiting for lightning in a bottle right you're waiting for like that switch and for everyone to be like oh i know sarah yeah yeah and it's like but do you though like (laughs) i knew like i knew her like when she was performing here and there and like it's just it's such a weird standard like you said how that happens but it is it can be good and bad i feel you know yeah i've kind of come to the conclusion like i'm really happy with my career right now Mm -hmm. um i feel like i know who i am as a person i feel like i don't have anybody pushing me to be anybody else um I feel like as far as like labels and all that stuff, yes, they do pay for some of those things. But then, I mean, there's also the double-edged sword that like you owe people money on the back end Mm -hmm. or you're not able to make your own money for a while. So like I, um, unless I found like a team of people I absolutely trusted and I don't think that's the the case in the majority of the time because I think people are so that's what they want like they want the record deal they want that contract so i think like sometimes there's opportunities that come along that they just like grab it they don't they don't question it they don't Mm -hmm. think about like what these people you know what their intentions are like do they know them as a person do they care who they are as a person and so i think that people get themselves into situations just because they want something so badly Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily the right decision for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if if it someday in the future, if it came down to it, like, it would really need to be the right specific situation. Otherwise, I just wouldn't take it. Right. Because I know, like, what's best for me and, like, my future and my authentic happiness. And, like, that's very specific. And so, like, I kind of, like, hope other musicians, like, just take that into consideration when they're, you know, when someone's, like, dangling the carrot in front of them. Like, just really self-reflect and think about, like, is this the actual best situation for you or could you do better by yourself? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm I'm 32 now and I'm making a very good living for myself finally. It's been 20, 15 years for me to like get paid what I actually want to be paid. But I mean, I don't, I also don't have to pay a team. I don't have to do a lot of the things that other people do when they have bigger teams. So there's like, you know, there's a catch 22 to all of it. Right. Exactly. On that topic too, like a future and moving forward, like what are you trying to do next? Like what are some goals you have for yourself? You did just put out a single not too long ago that I want to bring up called those days. And Keep in mind, everyone, like I am a little biased, but Sarah Martin's new song, Those Those Days, is fire. And this is coming from someone, Cats Out of the Bag, I'm not really a country fan, but (laughs) I loved it. Like I thought it was like, it was equivalent to something I would hear on the radio, like in a major like country station market, whatever. And like, obviously you've been on the radio, but it had like a very high level of like, I can hear like a Carrie doing this or or a Miranda, like. It was good. So what's what's happening now? What's going on in Sarah Martin's world after that dropped? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um so that song was amazing quality. Super expensive. <laughs> <laughs> 
as an independent artist, I got to budget my money. Um, So I, I'm not sure if I'll have a song come out um, this year or I'm going to wait till next year Mm -hmm. and come out with like three or something like that. Um, Just because I didn't really, I did work it in the budget, but then I took all these road trips. So I guess it wasn't really (laughs) an actual budget. But next year, that is the plan. I do want to release music because I I actually have a ton of music that I've written. Um, I I went through um, a breakup with with uh, ex fiance, so I like have so much music. Sounds like and a Taylor like, album right there. <laughs> well, I think I think maybe some of those songs I might do like a Patreon for or something where I'm uh, like not necessarily releasing it. Because um, sometimes I think that there's like music that that you write. Because at this point, like I'm I'm kind of over that chapter, which is why I hate not releasing music every year. Mm-hmm. Because like you write all these songs, but then eventually you're like, okay, well, I'm like. I'm over that part of my life. Like, <laughs> right. we're already on to the next chapter. <laughs> we're already writing, like, new songs about the next chapter. So it's kind of like one chapter gets left behind, but I still, like, want it to be out there, but maybe not, like, in, the in like, the normal, typical sense. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. But um, I actually, I would, I'm kind of working on a book. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Yeah, on, like, just, like, in my mind, it's going to be a book series, but we're starting with one. All right. And um, just kind of like all of the lessons I've learned that have just kind of helped me become what I feel like is the most authentic version of myself so far. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I would love to be able to pass on to other people um, because I think that's that's a that's a pretty big problem in our society is I feel like we're all like just trying to impress someone else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you can really just like sit in your own skin and your own personality and who you truly are, like that's a beautiful thing. And I feel like being able to be the best version of yourself allows you to be a much better person for the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's what we need, you know? Um <laughs> Too many people are trying to impress other people. They're too hung up on things that they're not even sure is really themselves. They identify much too much with one thing so that they don't know who they are if they have to give that up. Just like views and everything. And I just feel like if people just were individually who they're meant to be, who they're supposed to be, they can love themselves and other people so much more effectively. And I would like to put that out into the world. Awesome. Through a book, which is... A good way to do it. I'd say so. <laughs> Maybe eventually I'd like to get into coaching. I don't know. Oh, okay. She's multi-talented, everyone. <laughs> I do. I have I have goals. I have goals. <laughs> and not all of them that. involve music because I really do. I love music. Um, but I think one of the other things that I've realized, too, is I don't, I don't always want to financially depend on music to do what I love. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I would like to just do what I love. I would, you know, because a lot of times I don't play with a band because I would have to share my money with five other people. Right. You know what I mean? Which sounds silly and it kind of is. But at the same time, I got bills to pay. I have a lake house I want to buy myself. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's like I, I do feel like I hold myself back in some creative areas because I'm still worried about financials. So I'm kind of like 
figuring out how to do like the passive income and how to do like other just other areas for my money as well that way i don't have to depend on one thing so much mm -hmm. well i really hope all of these ventures work out for you like it really sounds like you they got will. some they will <laughs> they go manifest they will work they out will. for sarah martin <laughs> Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast. Before we wrap this up, why don't you let people know where they can find you and listen to your music or check out these other things you got going on? Yeah, so um, you can either just go to my website. It's just sarahmartmusic.com or I also have Instagram and Facebook, Sarah Mart Music. Um, Sarah with an H, Martin like the guitar, music like it, spell it in any other scenario of life. <laughs> There you go, because some people will get confused. We need to clarify. Thank yes, you. you don't know. H, <laughs> is there no H? Who knows? There's an H. <laughs> ah, perfect. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much again. I really appreciate it. Thanks, David. I just honestly, I can't believe that it's been five years since Beyonce put out an album. Like her last one was Lemonade and that was 2016. So it's just, I don't know, Alex, like when I first listened to this new album from Beyonce, I kind of was like, wait a minute, what does Beyonce sound like? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's been so long. I know. And she, she's had so much time to like reinvent. I've been so curious about what she's going to do next. And we've heard a little bit from her in between with her collaborative projects. Um, but I think when they said she's coming out with a dance record, like I was very much like, what what's she going to bring to the table now? Mm -hmm. I was so excited. Yeah, and honestly, like I was reading about the album beforehand and like she was inspired by like COVID and the pandemic and just kind of using that time as like a lot of artists were to kind of just pour themselves into their music. So that's been like a main inspiration. She also was saying like this album's dedicated to her family. Like some of her family are actually mentioned on it. Like we'll get into that a little bit. So, I mean, like, I feel like the the subject matter is everywhere. But like you said, it's essentially like a dance record. Like, there's a lot of genres that she plays with. But I think dance is like the main one that we hear. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because like we've seen her dive in the past into such topics that are so important to her, whether that be politically charged or heartbreak. So to see her kind of say, like, I'm going to put out something that's escapism, like that is plainly just to have fun and feel yourself. And yeah, I, I just thought it was a different direction to take. And she's done stuff like this before, but to put out a whole body of work like this of such a cohesive piece, like, I, yeah, I was just very excited to see that. Mm -hmm. And I like that you use cohesive because one thing on the album too, and I think I've heard a couple other people say this, is that it does feel like one big song in a way because each of the tracks just kind of like fades into the other and something else like from a production standpoint this album is like very well done in the sense that it just there's always something different like every song kind of starts differently than how it ends you know what I mean it's like you listen to the songs and it's like there's just there's constant dips there's constant changes like there's all these directions to the point where like I felt like it was a little chaotic but like like you said we kind of are getting Beyonce for the first time in five years. So this is probably just how she wants to like come back. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the way that she is, is like, she she's not gonna do something that you've heard before. Like you're not gonna get a traditional song structure from her at this point in her career. Mm. Like it's very, yeah, you're right. Like a lot of times it'll be, a song will start off with a certain beat 
or a vibe and then the tempo or the instrumentation or her delivery just completely changes to the point where it sounds like another song halfway through and i feel like too like i have a note on this i think you can literally like draw a line in beyonce's career where it's like she kind of became this more progressive artist and kind of exploring these outlets you know like the beyonce album she put out like 2013 i think it was like that was really her first real like introduction as like i'm a modern artist that can do all these things that's not as traditional and then like lemonade was also like kind of like that so i feel like this album is kind of like a combination of both of those things where she's taking all of the like modern things she's done while also like paying homage to like some of her earlier work which is actually i don't know if you knew this but i was reading about the album cover apparently like the shimmery top she wears is supposed to emulate like the dangerously in love top did you know that I did not know that. Actually, <laughs> that, That's crazy to me, though, because like, yeah, it's like a full circle around. And at this point, like, yeah, she's paying homage to what she's done while reinventing, while paying homage to like those that inspired her and the cultures that inspired her. And yeah, it's just a really beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes through too, like, and this is something I really want to like talk about. There are so many samples on this album, like, I think I counted right before this and like 10 of the tracks like sample other artists or other songs. And I like, I feel like there's like a dichotomy in that where it's like the Renaissance piece that we're talking about, like, you know, it was a rebirth and a resurgence of stuff, paying homage to stuff that came before. So in a way she's like honoring those tracks and those artists and musicians. But I also feel like it could be like, you're relying a little too much on like older content and you're not being as original. That's my hot take. I'm just going to say on that. But I mean... Who doesn't love a good sample every once in a while? Oh, absolutely. And you're and you're right. Like a lot of times you go through and like if you're going to recognize a piece, it sometimes it doesn't feel as original. Yeah, I, I did notice that because like um, right before the album came out, I think the writer's credits came out first. And then mm-hmm. you could see like all of these um, artists who previously made like house music in the 70s, 80s, 90s. And then you, you can see you know, these are going to be sampled pieces. There's like 24 writers on this song. How is that possible? And I was interested to see what she did with those. Some of them became like beats. She used vocals from some. I thought that was cool. I think it might have worked better in some songs than others. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, no, she definitely took a lot of inspiration and she made it clear where she was drawing that inspiration by who she sampled from. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, were you familiar with the whole Khalees thing when Khalees was upset how she sampled part of her song for energy? I was, and I actually <laughs> just got an update on this. So yes. she removed that sample from the song. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. Like, I kind of saw Khalees' point saying, like, you know, she should have asked. But I guess, like, in the production credits, like, Khalees performed the song, but I don't think her name is on the actual, like, rights or she doesn't have some kind of right to the song from what I understand so it's a little bit of a gray area but that's what I mean sometimes with samples it can get very hazy yeah especially in in this case and I'm sure in a lot of other cases like there was such a small portion of the sample used that I th- I think it must have been debated before if it was even worth it of course an artist needs to be given their credit and everything so credit was due but obviously if the artist is not comfortable with that so I think that was good on Beyonce and re- removing it Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some of these tracks because, you know, there's there's a lot with a lot of these. I think like, you know, we can kind of start at the beginning with like, I'm that girl. That one does sample another song. I don't remember like exactly what it was. But when I think I first started listening to this album, like I said, it reminded me a lot of the Beyonce album 
because it kind of presents that kind of emerging out of the darkness element but it's also very comforting in a weird way because then you get into like cozy which is fun and upbeat and then like alien superstar which is like I said it sounds like the weekend if anything you know it's kind of like that retro pop like vibe so it's like just in those three songs alone she covers a lot of ground she does and it feels like you've been listening for like half an hour that's not meant in a bad way you feels like you've been listening for like half an hour once you get to the end of alien superstar just because of how many like different sounds and everything that takes you through i think like i'm that girl changes tempo a bunch of times you know mm-hmm. saying i'm that girl you know that's what we're all thinking it's beyonce um very <laughs> sonically experimental and then into cozy it's very much more of like an afrobeat and then into alien superstar which i've seen a lot of people say is like their favorite song on the album is like Hmm. it's up for the next single is what people are debating now but yeah like that one it feels a lot more like radio friendly that and cozy and yeah alien superstar reminded me very much of gay clubs like if you (laughs) like if you watch pose or rupaul the music that's used from that culture like that's very much what that reminds me of I kind of got that vibe too. And it's funny because she actually dedicated the album and is, he's mentioned in one of the songs for Uncle Johnny who struggled with HIV. I think he, I believe he passed away from AIDS and he struggled with HIV. So that's interesting. Like, I think she is exploring that wheelhouse of like very dubstep, like EDM clubby, but it's not like, it's not to that like same extent if you were to go to the club and it's like, constant constant go 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 edm it's still like you said it has like those mixes of afrobeat and like a little bit of like other things like it's almost like industrial i guess you could say like a lot of the sounds i don't know if that made any sense but <laughs> well, it does it's a i mean well it's like a project you know as opposed to like a dj mix like she's created a project that obviously It has different moments and everything, but it feels so cohesive that you can easily blend one vibe into the next one, which I think is what very much makes this dramatic change of pace work. Even like when I listen to the end of the album, like Summer Renaissance is the last one that also samples like Donna Summer's song, I Feel Love. Like when that ended, I was like, it sounds like the album could literally start again or we could like pick it up somewhere. I felt like it could pick up at like Break My Soul, which was the first single released off of Renaissance. So, I mean, like, there is that con- like constant flow of energy throughout the album, which is something, like I said, from a production standpoint, is very, very well done. Yeah, Summer Renaissance, too, just very... It feels, to me, like a finale, but like you said, like, it can still continue to blend if she chose to. Like, Soul Reprise would be great after that. <laughs> yeah, because she's supposed to... I guess this is, like, Act 1, so I guess she wants to do, like, three or two more and make it a trilogy. She said, like, I read about it. She must have these, like, recorded over the past year or two. So it's like, where do we go from here? Like, that's just so much already that we've been given. And I'm like, did she come up with three albums worth of material of, like, similar? Or I wonder if she has, like, three individual projects that are distinct from each other. Like, that would be interesting, too. I really feel like in terms of the next albums, you don't know where she's going to go from here. But, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, another song too, like that kind of reminds me of what we've been talking about. And I have it written here, Cuff It, which is right after Alien Superstar. Like that one was very, very disco. It actually kind of reminded me of Lizzo's album that came out recently, like very similar energy and like almost like I'm playing the chorus in my head, 
almost like the same. And she kind of is an artist that sticks to very similar singing patterns. The way she sings like Cuff It kind of reminds me of like the Four album, like very aggressive, very forward and just very like in your face. Yes, like very kind of like upper to mid range, lots of runs, lots of like, I feel like it's classic. Like I feel like when people say they want like pop Beyonce, it's like sort of in that realm. I also wrote down um, about about band time. Like it reminded me of Lizzo. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, that was my, I think when I listened to the album at first, I had only played like the first six songs because it was midnight and then I did the next half the next day. <laughs> And Cuff It was the first one that really kind of had me like, wow, like I'm, yeah. The ones before that caught up to me later, but Cuff It caught my attention immediately. Yeah, I could definitely see that. It's definitely very in your face, like I said. That one and like, when I first listened to the song, I was kind of like, this is a lot. But like, Church Girl? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know like how to describe that song. There's just... There's just so many things happening there. Like, yeah, I think that one is definitely my most played since the album came out. Um, it it takes a lot of turns because the beginning sounds like, like very kind of unique. Once it gets to the chorus, you start feeling a little bit more like Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> like that that's the vibe I got. Yeah, Megan Thee Stallion. That was the first artist I yeah. thought of when I heard that chorus. But before that, like it was all Beyonce. Like it sounded completely new. And I think too, like we kind of mentioned a little bit, and there's another song that I want to mention after, like her lyricism too, like she always sticks to these themes about like empowerment and, you know, confidence and female empowerment specifically, like, so that's something I think we do still get on this album, but it is more so like she is creating this space where people just want to come and like have fun and enjoy themselves. And one track that I think was very like introspective, I'd have to look again at the lyrics was Heated, which comes a little bit later. I would say, what do you have on that one? Because I don't remember exactly like what it was about. Okay, so Heated, I initially had only listened to it like once all the way through before like yesterday. And I once I listened to it again, I was able to pick up like three different meanings for what Heated might have meant. Mm. So like, you know, she's saying like, I got to cool it down. I was wondering if she was talking about like, you know, she's saying like, I look heated, like I'm hot, I got bands, I'm dressed to the tens. She says this, I got to cool down. But then she also talks about giving her partner space and time. Like mm-hmm. I got to cool it down. And I don't know where the other one's written, but yeah. <laughs> like I, I was just like, this is a double entendre all the way through. And like, it makes me wonder if she made it so that you can imagine the interpretation because I've seen that on a couple different songs as well. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, sex is always a big Mm -hmm. thing that she incorporates to one of the songs, too, that, you know, emulates that perfectly is plastic off the sofa. Like, it's just very and it also was a point in the album. It comes like after Energy, which was the Khalees um, sample that she removed actually a little bit later than that after Church Girl. And she that song, I plastic on the sofa was very it's like a lot slower, just a much bigger dip in the energy. So I mean, when you think about it, if people are listening to this album straight through, like we can't just we can't go hard all the time, Beyonce. Like we're not all we all don't have that stamina. We might need some breaks to catch our breath like once in a while. No, absolutely. And uh, like you said, that is probably the one dip where we start to get into more like relaxed territory. And, you know, I think I think maybe it's trying to show she's being a little bit more vulnerable and with the themes of this song and her partner and 
yeah, that was a beautiful song. I loved her vocals in that song. I thought that was awesome. She said, like, say you won't change the little things that make you you. And in in this one where she's talking to her partner, you know, she's just, just kind of expressing gratitude. And like you said, it has um, a sexual theme behind it as well. And yeah, it's just, it's like a breather, especially right after um, Break My Soul in Church Girl. Yeah, it's just a change of pace. What did you think of Break My Soul, by the way, when that first came out? Because I think she worked with The Dream on that track. And she's worked with The Dream a lot in the past. I looked up his credentials and they've done a lot of work in the past. But I feel like that song was even like we said with the whole album, it was so different than what she normally does. Like it was still like Beyonce, but it wasn't like what we're typically used to with Beyonce. Yeah, Break My Soul immediately when she put that out I was like I was captivated I think it became like my top 30 most played of all time (laughs) only having the single and it was released like last month yeah but I thought it was a great choice for the lead single I think it definitely encapsulates the vibe of the album but you know obviously radio friendly and everything Mm -hmm. I think this one kind of differentiated from the others too in terms of its theme because it it is empowerment but it's kind of acknowledges something negative and turns it into something positive mm-hmm. I think personally for me just like job wise it came at a very good time in my life I took the lyrics quite literally <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah no it I, I thought that was a perfect choice for the lead single and we mentioned this too like you said some uh, what other songs could you see being like singles because to me I felt like it was hard to pick them out because the way I see this album is it still very like, it's definitely her most experiment- experimental yet. And it's not all very radio friendly. So it's kind of hard to pick out tracks that could stand alone, like Break My Soul. But you said you had a couple that you thought could be a next single. Yes. We talked about the I Feel Love inspired summer renaissance. I think that one would be a big radio hit. We've heard that song sampled before. I, I think the way that Beyonce's done it though has just added so much to it. Mm-hmm. And I think when the album came out, Summer Renaissance was at the top of Spotify's today's top hits. So like they were already anticipating that was going to be the next one, I think. I also think Cuff It would be really good given the climate of today's music. I think it fits in very well. Alien Superstar by popularity, maybe. However, I would say that's a little (laughs) bit more experimental than the other ones. Right, yeah. Um, And then if she's feeling a little risky, maybe Church Girl. I think that one's doing really well as well. Yeah, it's funny because like this is definitely an album that strikes me as like there's going to be a lot of fan favorites. Like it's going to be a lot of songs that the fans really, really like. And I think she's she's an artist that I think kind of similar to someone like a Taylor Swift who would let the fans kind of choose the next single. I honestly thought like Virgo's Groove was like the next best track in my eyes, like to break my soul. Like that one, like, I think it was one of the more cohesive ones in terms of like the energy and how it all kind of came together. And I think it was a little bit more like radio friendly. Like I could picture like even going to the club and hearing that kind of song. I could see that. I feel like at the club and like, not meant to diminish the song in any way, but a background to like anything. <laughs> like it's very much remind. I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I could be jamming to this. I could be dancing with this at the club or I could be cleaning my room and listening to this. <laughs> I could be out by the pool listening to this. Like, yeah, no, it was very good. My, my sister's a Virgo. She was very excited when I played that for her. 
Right. Yeah. My roommate too. She's a Virgo. And she was like, yeah, Beyonce did that for me. And I was like, well, Beyonce's also a Virgo. So sure. Let's go with that. Yeah. I like too that you were saying like with that song, you can kind of do anything to it. That's how I judge a good like album or track. It's like, if you can just do anything like laundry, dancing, like driving, like if you can switch it between a bunch of different activities, then it's a good song. Like it's an everything oh, yeah. song. Oh yeah, you can play it anywhere then you've made something that's going to really fit into somebody's life. Another song that I really, really like that I want to bring up because I listened to it again earlier today was Thick. It was just, oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like you would like that one too. There was just, it also kind of gives off a little bit of like Megan vibes, I guess you could say, but yeah. like, but in a completely different way. Like Beyonce just kind of like made that one her own. Like, I think honestly, if I were to say the most Beyonce, Beyonce song on this, it's probably thick. Yeah, I mean, well, she's very much, actually, I wrote the same thing. Like when it first came on, I thought of Cash Ish, Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> and yeah, like this is very kind of classic Beyonce to talk about appreciation for a nice behind or <laughs> curves or just um being in, in touch with your body and, you know, with the lyrics, she's talking about, you know, Thick could not only be talking about her body, but, you know, her standards, her her ego, her wallet. <laughs> yeah, Thick, absolutely. Yeah. Thick in many ways. And Thick spelled with a Q-E, mind you, not like, you know, C-K. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very or, different. Not, not even C-C, we have a new one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She invented a whole new Thick, you could say. I know. mine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm curious, do you think there is a song on here that like is, I don't want to, I mean, like we're going to all go there, but do you think there is a song that is like the weakest link? Ooh, I don't know. I think I definitely had a few that didn't catch my attention. Eventually, like these things do grow on me. I think the one that did not catch my attention first was actually Heated. Okay. Um, yeah, I went over it and I played, find myself playing everything else first. First. I think that one took a little bit for me to get into. Obviously, everyone's going to have their different ones. But yeah, that was kind of the one for me. I don't know if it'll stand as my weakest link later. I think it's a very cohesive piece. I don't really think there's a big weak link. But yeah, I think like for me, I didn't love like move and I didn't love like energy when it kind of like changed. I think like midway through I wasn't like in love with it. I think that's just a personal preference because sometimes when you get in that wheelhouse of just really weird experimental sounds like we've kind of touched upon, it can be a little bit off-putting, especially like with this album, like we've said, all of the songs kind of change drastically, like just over the course of like three minutes. So it's like, okay, one minute you're listening to one thing and then you're listening to something else. So for some people that's like, great, they like this. And for other people, it's like, whoa, what the hell happened? I feel like people are... And I haven't looked at a ton of reviews, but I think people in general feel very split on this album. I don't know if you feel like you've gotten the same reaction, but obviously the people that like love Beyonce are like, you know, it's Beyonce. You can't go wrong. Yeah, I think people definitely favor different songs and, you know, everyone picks their top three and everything. And yeah, I kind of felt the same way about Energy when I first heard it, actually. The Mm -hmm. verse was very kind of still in the flow that we were in. And then when Bean came in to do the the chorus it was a big change of pace I think it made more sense as it started to go into break my soul but it was a very quick change of pace and that kind of threw me off guard for a little bit Mm -hmm. I think when you're not used to it it feels like a whole switch of vibe that Mm -hmm. sometimes you're just not ready for yeah I agree with that actually I think the way it bled into break my soul was like perfect like that was really really good 
But yeah, I don't know. Like, I do think like this isn't her greatest album she's ever done. I do think like she has better works out there, but it's still a very like solid representation of Beyonce and what she's capable of. And obviously she has the resources and she has the team to back her. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what she does next with this trilogy. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see, you know, if she's going to continue to dance. If she if she does something else, I will be very surprised, but I will be ready for the ride. I'm sure after she puts out that third one, we won't hear from her for 25 years. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have what we have. Exactly. We ha- It seems like we have enough material coming that she's got in the wheelhouse. So we'll, I think we'll be fine. Maybe if she spreads it out a little bit, then we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious of that too. Like if she's going to get a little bit if she's going to put them out a little sooner than we expect, or if she's going to take her time and, you know, give us time to digest. And yeah, I'm, I'm very curious, but I'm ready for what's next. We're ready. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. I've had you on so many times. Like I said, you're basically like a professional at this. So I always love having you coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me. I love talking about these things. I love talking about music. I know that it's a common love of ours and yeah, I, I enjoy it so much. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Everybody, Act One will say Renaissance, Renaissance by Beyonce is out. So give it a listen and let us know what you think. And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the Onrotation Podcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to onrotationpodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what popped this week in news. Shakira could face eight years in prison for allegedly owing the Spanish government 14.5 million euros, or $15 million, in taxes between 2012 and 2014. The singer, who had six charges filed against her, rejected a settlement deal from prosecutors last week and opted to go to trial instead. Prosecutors also said they would seek a fine of up to 24 million euros from Shakira if convicted. Kenny Chesney is mourning the loss of a fan who died at his Denver show on July 30th. The woman was apparently sitting on the railing of an escalator when she fell to the concourse below and died from her injuries. Chesney said he was, quote, devastated when he heard about the incident. The victim's identity was not publicly released. And Demi Lovato has changed their pronouns back to include she, her. In an interview with the podcast Spout, the singer said she readopted the pronouns because she was, quote, feeling more feminine and described herself as gender fluid. Lovato came out as non-binary last May and officially changed her pronouns to they, them in April. That's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics with all new guests. In the meantime, keep it real, y'all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.